0: I want you to turn with me to Mark chapter 5. We're going to look at verse 21 through 43. We're going to read the story about Jairus and the woman with the issue of blood. But I want to give you a little bit of background. I've been teaching a little series here on Friday nights about people that God changed. Uh, We talked about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus admitted that he was, he was uh, having struggle, and he, he, had, he opened up to Jesus. Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus, was sitting by the side of the road. He's in Mark chapter 10, verse 46 through 52. And just for a quick review, he had physical blindness. He sat along the side of the road and he cried out. When he heard about Jesus, he cried out and said, "'Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me.'" Generally, he knew he needed mercy, But then Jesus had him specify, what would you have me do? And he said, oh, that I would receive my sight. And Jesus ministered to Bartimaeus and impacted him in such a way that his blind eyes were open. He immediately followed Jesus. Zacchaeus followed Jesus. The Syrophoenician woman was a Gentile calling on this Jewish Messiah because her daughter had an unclean spirit. And that is in a couple of places. One is Matthew 15, 21 through 28. The other is in Mark chapter 7, verse 24 through 30. And she was crying out to Jesus and at a time when he was on a break and didn't want to be recognized, but people recognized him anyway. And uh, she she asked for him to help her daughter. He said, well, the bread is not for the dogs, but for the the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Gentiles were dogs and things hadn't, Transpired yet on the cross. So, yet she said, "Well, even the dogs get the crumbs under the table." Jesus commended her and said, "Because of this answer, your daughter is whole." So she answered in faith. And uh, I, w- I want to just point out about all these different people. This this woman with the hemorrhage. I want to go into uh, this exciting chapter of Mark, and we're going to just spend a little bit of time here. And the goal for me is to teach patterns and underscore how available Jesus is, how he is the Lord that saves and heals and delivers and there is deliverance in him there was, there is and there always will be because he's the same yesterday, today and forever and I want to share these Bible stories with you because they're so encouraging and there are actually amazing patterns in here and um, here are some of the patterns that these guys had in common. Now Jairus just to give you a preview, and you'll, we'll read more detail on it, but her, his little daughter was sick and was in her deathbed. And he fell at Jesus' feet and cried out for help. And then while Jesus was going to the house, a woman with a hemorrhage for 12 years pressed through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment and he felt virtue come out of him and she felt healing go into her. And it, it's a pretty dramatic thing. But it really shows the law of contact and transmission. It underscores the value of of all the dedication. It took dedication for Zacchaeus to climb the tree and run past the crowd. It took dedication for Bartimaeus to keep crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, when the disciples were telling him to be quiet. Uh, It took dedication for the Syrophoenician mom to ask Jesus for help. And even when... He gave this straight answer about how this hasn't spilled over to the Gentiles yet. She, she grabbed it out of the context and said, well, yeah, but I'm still, I still need what you have. And Jesus was happy to give it to her. Jesus was happy to give it to her. So there's dedication and then there's impartation from, as a result of that dedication. The, the woman with the hemorrhage dedicated to press through the crowds. Jairus dedicated uh, to humble himself. He didn't care that he was a synagogue official and a big shot in town. He was so in need of God and so in need of what Jesus had and so in, in deep love for his child, as was the Syrophoenician mom, that uh, they got results. They got results, and there was refreshing. Everybody say dedication. dedication. Impartation and refreshing. Now I'll just say it took dedication for you to be here tonight. For several months, we were not having crowds gather and now we had opportunity to connect. We waited for a while. We were courteous and polite and we've observed all the rules and regulations, but yet it's not good to forsake the assembling together, which is the habit of some. So it's good to come back together. It's good to be online and have live stream and we've just advanced and what the enemy meant for harm, God's turned it around for good and more of us will reach out and connect and there'll be even a greater saturation of God's word throughout the earth because the word of God is not imprisoned. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church and strong is he who carries out his word. And the God that helped Zacchaeus out of his deceptive behavior and his manipulation and his, his business trickery, turned his heart around and made him a clean man, that God is our God. And the God that opened up the blind eyes of Bartimaeus he still is reaching out and opening up blind eyes. And the woman with the daughter that was vexed by a spirit, Jesus still delivers from demonic influence and and mental oppression. The leper last week in Matthew chapter eight, verse one, said, Lord, if you will, you can make me whole. And we studied about how Jesus answered with practical hands on display. He, He reached out, stretched forth his hand, touched him and said, I will. Be cleansed, and he was immediately cleansed from his leprosy, and he was never the same after that. Zacchaeus, note this he was desperate, he cried out for help, he came in touch with Jesus, he got a breakthrough. Blind Bartimaeus was stuck in darkness, literal physical darkness, and by the time Jesus got a hold of him, he was sighted. But not only was he sighted, he had spiritual perception enough to want to follow after Jesus. He threw off his coat and he went into a different direction the rest of his life. The Syrophoenician woman and that child, imagine how liberated and free that little kid was that got free from that unclean spirit. Imagine how happy her night was when she went to bed that night. No more torment from the devil. And how happy that mom was who cared so much for her child. That leper who had a terrible disease and then he was healed and certified where he could reenter society. Not only the physical pain and the physical fear of having a disease eating at his body which is terrible and haunting and freaky but also the the social punishment where he was a an outcast he was an untouchable and yet jesus reaches out and touches the untouchable jesus still is healing the up and outers and the down and outers and so here we see this amazing story in mark chapter 5 and i'll read from the new american standard And as I read it, I want you to be encouraged in your own personal situation, whatever you're facing, whatever you're dealing with. I want you to draw encouragement from these these blocks of history, these specific people. And I want you also to trust God for practical application in your own life. Then at the end of the service, we're going to pray the prayer of faith, and we're going to believe God for breakthrough. When chapter 5, verse 21, uh, God help us with this. Make this everything you want it to be in Jesus' name chapter 5, verse 21, when Jesus had crossed over again in the boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him, and so he stayed by the seashore. Now, I think this is interesting. Jesus is zigzagging here on the Galilee. He was over on the other side, and he was speaking. He taught the, a famous message about the sower and the seed, the parable of the sower, and then uh he said, let's go to the other side. And, he, and then he stilled the storm, the wind and the waves kicked in and he rebuked the wind of the sea. And then they got to the other side, which was the Gentile side by the Gerasenes. And actually I've had the opportunity to be on these places and locations where it was primarily Jewish on the one side and it was Gentile on the other side. They know this because these were pig farmers on the other side. And that was a Gentile proposition. They didn't uh, farm the pigs as livestock in the Jewish uh, settings because of the law, the Levitical law. It was an unclean animal. But yet, uh, Jesus went over there and ministered to the folks. Then he said, let's go back now. So then he went back. When he got back to the other side again, he runs into this Jewish leader. And one of the synagogue officials named Jairus, everybody say Jairus. Uh, he, he comes up, he came up and seeing him, fell at his feet, seeing Jesus, fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, my little daughter is at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her so that she will get well and live. This doesn't sound any different than Zacchaeus, desperate to see Jesus up on the sycamore tree. It doesn't sound any less desperate than Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The cry, a constant cry of blind Bartimaeus. It sounds a whole lot like the Syrophoenician woman insisting and trusting and imploring Jesus, please help my daughter. Or the leper saying, if you will, you can cleanse me. And here this guy falls at his feet, cries out to him. And I love the immediacy. I love the thoroughness in the verse 24, the reaction of Jesus. In every case, he went off with him. It didn't say he went off at him. He went off with him. He didn't get dismissive. He didn't roll his eyes. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest to destroy the work of the evil one. So he went off with him. This guy cried out to him, and he said basically what he says to you and me. Sure, I'll go to your house. Sure, I'll answer your prayer. Sure, I watch over my word to perform it. Sure, all my promises are yes and amen. Surely, truly, truly, surely, hallelujah. And he immediately went off with him and the large crowd was following him and pressing in on him. And now this is amazing because at the same time, simultaneously, a woman with, who had a hemorrhage for 12 years, the King James says a woman with the issue of blood, she had for 12 years, note the underlined 12 years because it's going to come up again, And had endured much at the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse. My father-in-law and my father suffered medical negligence. I got a call from California and a guy's wife was going into surgery. He told me yesterday I began to pray for her last night. I got up this morning. I figured out the time difference and I was out on my porch praying for her. I contacted the husband. She was in the hospital. She was having the procedure. We were in faith, believing God, trusting God, and uh, she had a good result. And what I prayed was I don't want her to suffer at the hands of the physicians. And by the way, there are wonderful doctors. We have a lot of medical people in our church, and I'm a big, hearty believer in the medical care world. I pray for doctors and nurses. They're really important, and I love them very much. And a lot of them are highly competent and highly skilled. But they're human beings. And uh, we need to pray, always pray, that God will give wisdom. And, and any honest and honorable doctor or nurse, particularly those who are open to the Lord, really do trust God for help. And even the atheists and the ones I've talked to, they've, they've put, they said, well, it can't hurt, so go ahead and pray. And it doesn't hurt, it actually helps, because God is God and he does answer prayer. But in this case, she suffered at the hands of many physicians. And uh, was nothing better but she grew worse she spent all that she had and was not helped at all but rather had grown worse now this is a terrible situation this is called being stuck 12 years is two years over a decade that's a long time during this period lifespans weren't that long so this was a big chunk of this woman's existence and it was awful And to have a hemorrhage in that day also put her into the untouchable category like the leper. So here's a woman watching Jesus walk with prestigious Jairus to the household of this synagogue leader. And yet she's so desperate and she's so been stirred by this Jesus. And in fact, this is a reoccurring thing. If you watch this over and over again, in the Bible, they, there are five similarities in Zacchaeus, Bartimaeus, the Syrophoenician woman, the leper, the woman with the hemorrhage. They each had tremendous need. Number one, they each had tremendous need. Zacchaeus had the need to be set free from his uh, bad behavior, which created a bad reputation, which got him stuck in life. He needed to be free from sin. Bartimaeus needed to be free from physical blindness and free from sin. The Syrophoenician woman needed her daughter free from an unclean spirit and free from sin. The leper needed to be healed from leprosy and free from sin. And so here is Jairus who's trying to follow the law, but he's having an encounter, whether he knows it or not, with the Messiah that's come to save. Well, this woman with a hemorrhage heard about Jesus. This is the second thing that we, we see in common. They heard about Jesus And remember in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, now faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When they heard about Jesus, it roused their interest. It caused Zacchaeus to want to run past the townspeople and climb the sycamore tree and position himself so that he he anticipated where Jesus was going to walk. He was smart and intelligent enough to know this is the path. This is probably the way Jesus is going to come. He wanted to get in close proximity. You guys are smart enough to know that you need God's word. You're smart enough to know that he's worthy of praise. You're smart enough to know your help comes from the Lord. You're smart enough to know that God hears and answers prayer. Come on. And that smartness came from his greatness and his grace. He's the one that stimulated the hunger in each one of us. He's the one that stirred up Zacchaeus and caused him to hear about Jesus. What roused Zacchaeus to want to see Jesus? He, He was feeling something. Jesus was so magnificent. Jesus, with Bartimaeus, he couldn't see him. He could just feel the crowd and hear everything. He had heard that healing was happening. And he understood enough of the word to know, hey, the son of David, the Messiah, is going to have this certain set of criteria. They're, they're going to have to be these features present. And he was hearing about Jesus, and he heard that signs and wonders were following him, and he wanted to get in on that. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. What, what do you want? He said. And then the disciples that had told him to shut up, shut up, shut up, Jesus said, no, don't tell him to shut up. Tell him to come here. Hey, take courage arise. He's calling you. I feel like the Lord is speaking. Hey, take courage. Arise. He's calling you. He told that basically to not only Zacchaeus, hey Zacchaeus, today I've got to, I got to go to your house. Today I've got to be with you. I feel like when when Jairus fell at his feet in this Mark chapter 5 account, Jesus went off with him. He didn't, it doesn't say went off at him. He went off with him. Understand that about Jesus. He's not going off at you. He's going off with you. He didn't go off at the leper. How dare you ask me to pray for you? You have leprosy. You think I'm even going to get near you? You talk about social distancing. That was heavy, heavy social distancing with leprosy. Read it in this Old Testament. It's technically, it's very, very severe. Well, same thing with this hemorrhage. And this lady yet is thinking, just like... What these all these guys did, they pressed into God. They pressed into God. They didn't stay stuck in their problem. They didn't get melancholy. They didn't get in self-pity. In fact, I feel like Bartimaeus throwing off his coat is, a, is more than symbolism. Personally, I think it's like, I'm not gonna need this, this handicap placard anymore. I'm not gonna need this marker of my uh, dysfunction. I'm gonna throw this off. Uh, Zacchaeus threw off the identity of being a corrupt uh, businessman. He said, I'll make restitution, I'm gonna get things right. And he, had, he enjoyed not only the forgiveness, but he enjoyed a good conscience and he enjoyed a good reputation after that because Jesus, whom the sun sets free, is free indeed. And that's a wonderful thing. The Syrophoenician woman, you read about the people that were crying and cutting themselves with stones, and, and the pe- kids that lived in caves that were screaming, that had demons. And imagine how happy that Syrophoenician woman was. Imagine how happy that leper was when he got to reenter society. And then imagine as Jairus is walking along with Jesus, this woman, she heard about Jesus, verse 27, and hearing about Jesus, what did she do? She came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. She pressed in, she pressed through the crowd. And she thought, and here's what it says in my New American Standard Bible, She thought, if I just touch his garment, I will get healed. And in my margin, it says in the literal Greek, for she was saying, she was saying. Now, the speech center of the brain is so important to the whole process of our lives. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And words have power. And so she's not just thinking about it, she's saying it. This also occurred in the story of the parable of the prodigal son when he was stuck in the pig pen he came to his senses the bible says and i think these guys all came to the realization they had an epiphany hey this is jesus the son of david this is the son of god i he's carrying what i need he's passing by in most cases he was passing by Even in this case, he was going to Jairus's house. If this girl was overly reticent, she would have thought, oh, I don't want to interrupt Jairus. I know who he is. And Jesus, these guys are so important and they've got big kingdom duties. I don't want to bother them. But yet she was so desperate, 12 years of suffering at the hands of many physicians. All of her money was spent. She was stuck in a moment, but yet she was saying, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to get well. And in verse 29, immediately the flow of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. This was an instant manifestation of the healing power of God. She knew as a woman that her hemorrhage stopped hemorrhaging. She knew that it had immediately something had changed in her body, and that caused an amazing uh, event in her world. Immediately also Jesus felt something, but he felt virtue, perceived in himself that power proceeded from him. This is dedication of a desperate person that understands who Jesus is and will not accept anything but breakthrough and presses through the crowd, presses through the obstacles, presses through unbelief, presses through previous disappointments, presses in in the moment and calls upon and taps into the healing power of God. Not even a verbal conversation like the Syrophoenician woman had or Bartimaeus had or Zacchaeus had. This is a bit different. And actually, Jesus is just passing by. And this is encouraging for us when we feel like we're kind of off on the side of the road of life and things don't seem so intentional or, in, or deliberate or we kind of feel like we're stuck off to the side. Yet, nevertheless, you can touch and tap into the the flow of his virtue because he's always available. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Immediately, Jesus perceiving in himself that power proceeded from him and had gone forth, turned around in the crowd and said, "'Hey, who touched my garments? "'Who touched my garments?' And his disciples said to him, "'You see the crowd pressing in on you, "'and you say, who touched me?' See, the disciples are so carnal in their thinking. In John chapter 3, Nicodemus came out by night. He said, I know you're from God because of these miracles. Jesus said, you must be born from above. He immediately goes into natural thinking. How can a man be born again? Does he have to enter into his mother's womb and be born the second time? That can't be. And Jesus is like, oh man, you're just so naturally minded. Well, same thing with the woman at the well. He said, if you knew who was asking you for water, you'd ask him, he'd give you living water of the kind you never thirst for again. And she said, "Give me that water, because she thought, I don't want to have to carry this big uh, earthenware pot, and that ends up being so many pounds of water weight to carry back to my village, like a beast of burden. And he's like, no, 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 I'm talking about spiritual life, living water of the Holy Spirit. But people didn't understand that. There, this was a very primitive moment. This was before the cross. This was before the day, upper room. This was before the day of Pentecost. This was before the epistles. This was before the sacrifice of Jesus on Calvary. So there was a lot of darkness still looming around. And uh, they're like, God, look. He's, they're saying to Jesus, oh, these people are bumping into you. How could you even single anybody out? He's, but see, the, the woman, was. it was a different connection than just people bumping in. To Jesus, It was different for Zacchaeus, wasn't it? It wasn't just bumping into Jesus. We don't hear much of the crowd, townspeople, what really happened or transpired there. We, we see and made it to the New Testament and the gospel writers acknowledge these stories to give us uh, leverage and traction and patterns to understand that when we have a tremendous need and we hear about Jesus and we press in with the same type of approach, we're going to get the same type of result. And that that God is absolutely making himself available here through Christ. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him, trusts in him, relies on him, will not perish, but will have everlasting life. The girl tried, and the doctors, some of them were probably tremendous people, tried to help her, but she was nothing better, but rather grew worse. Zacchaeus was in that town, stuck in a moment, no way to overcome any of that stuff. He was going to continue to be a ter- terminal uh, uh, ripoff because that was just his nature. That was his style and his methodology and his business. But when Jesus got a hold of him, he made him different on the inside. There was an initial repentance and cleansing. And then ultimately, don't you know, those guys probably beat a path to the altar and got saved. Uh, they faced opposition. And they all obtained breakthrough. This girl, here she is, They say, who touched me? And he looked around in verse 32 to see the woman who had done this. Now in my mind, I think here's all this crowd and then all these people sort of part. I see some sort of cinematic drama in this. I see this on a big widescreen. I see those townspeople kind of part and I see this lonely figure standing there who has just had virtue of Jesus come into her body and heal her her of her hemorrhage. And she stands there, alone but not alone. Nervous but not embarrassed. Standing before the, the Savior who just impacted her so. And the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him. It Sounds just like Jairus, he fell at his feet. And told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of all your affliction. Remember he healed that guy in Capernaum when the friends tore the roof off the building in Mark chapter two earlier on? She must've heard that story. Jairus must've heard that story. And uh, they lowered the friend, the paralytic on the pallet. And you gotta have the right friends holding a rope, lowering you through a roof. And and they can de-roof a house for you to get you to see Jesus. Those those are some of my favorite guys in the Bible. Those unnamed rope holders are fabulous. And I imagine the guy, the faith of the guy going, telling Herb and Tony to not go so fast because they're about to flip him. And uh, they got him down in there. He forgives his sins. They get all upset. Uh, You know, who can forgive sins but God only? He's making his point. And then he heals his diseases so that just, hey, let you know I have power on earth to forgive sin. So he did the one-two punch there prophetically to show what he came, what his purposes were to undo what Satan had wrought, to set captives free, to bring alienated humanity back to a holy God, to, to deal a death blow to our sin by becoming a sin substitute for us. And by Jesus' stripes, we are healed. I'm so happy this woman got her healing. I'm so happy that the leper was healed, that the little Syrophoenician daughter got delivered from demons, that Bartimaeus could see, and that Zacchaeus got such a help in his life. And I look at this woman with the hemorrhage, and then I think about Jairus and what might be going on in his mind. Did that virtue that was intended for my daughter just get tapped like a short circuit? And is there going to be enough now Or was that the quotient for today? Aren't you glad God's mercies never come to an end? I wonder if that happened in the mind of Jairus. These were pretty primitive people. They They had never had a Messiah before. They didn't know just how abundant the living water was in him. And yet, look, here's what happens. While he was still speaking, they came from the house of the synagogue official saying, Your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher anymore? But Jesus, overhearing what has been spoken, said to the synagogue official, do not be afraid any longer, only believe. Say this with me, fear not, only believe. And he allowed no one to accompany him. you got to protect and guard the anointing at times. you got to really single out what your real need is in a moment. Get all distraction out of the room. Get all busyness out of the way and get focused on what your intent is in the moment. Guard the anointing on your life. Value the virtue and the anointing of God. He said, accept Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Those are the three that also got to go to the the Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, Peter and John got to go to the, the tomb. James was killed, but Peter and John got to experience such fullness. James got an early entry as a martyr, and got a a significant glory. I'm sure he's not complaining. They came to the house of the synagogue official, and he saw a commotion and people loudly weeping and wailing. And entering in, he said to them, Why make a commotion and weep? The child has not died but is asleep. They began laughing at him. But putting them all out, he took along the child's father and mother and his own companions, and entered the room where the child was. They're wailing, commotion, basically mocking Jesus, and uh, laughing. So he puts them all out. And then he takes the child, in verse 41, by the hand, and he said to her, cum, Talitha or Talithakumai, in the King James, cum, which translated means little girl, I say to you, get up. And immediately the girl got up and began to walk for she was 12 years old. And immediately they were completely astounded. Now I think about this. I think about the woman in the crowd there and watching Jairus walk by. These are villagers. These are people that don't have vehicles. And in this era, people didn't travel very far away from each other. Where they were born and raised, they lived. They rarely went out past a certain distance. Everything was very close and close proximity was the village life. So I think about this woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years and I think about Jairus' daughter who had a lifespan of 12 years. And I think about how this woman obviously was godly and virtuous and uh, intentional because she went to doctors and spent all she had so she had uh, income and had wealth enough to go and, and had enough inter, interest in her health care to be a good steward of her life, it's telling. And that she would have, hear about Jesus and be observant in her Judaism and spiritual enough in her perception to actually want him tells me something about the potential of this lady. And then the age of Jairus' daughter tells me of something of what could have been with a hemorrhage for 12 years, keeping that lady out of the game. This lady we talk about, she's one of the most famous people to me of all the New Testament. She's one of the standout subjects of my faith because of this pattern. But I think that in the healing of her life, she's free now. She's able to re enter society. And who knows, but did this woman, after she got back up, get in the crowd and follow Jesus to Jairus's house. And though she didn't get to go in because Jesus got everybody out of there except Peter, James, and John, maybe God had this moment where these two, after 12 years of this one being vexed and 12 years of life, they both experienced Jesus and now there they are, the generations healed, being able to speak into each other's life. Could it be? I don't know, it's possible. I think it's even probable. What happened after Jesus left? He, came, he, he gave them strict orders uh, that no one should know about this and he said that something should be given her to eat. I'm glad we don't have the order not to talk about this because I want to talk about this because it's so important. But at times, covert operation is the preferred course. So, but in this case, let me just get back to this so that we can finish up in, in, in this. Number one, What's your tremendous need? What's your need before God? Overcoming depression? A child, an adult child, that needs to find their way back to the Lord? Your finances have been crippled by the the season we're in? You have physical attack on your body? Well, there's ample proof that Jesus is the Lord that heals us. Isaiah 53 and 1 Peter 2, 24, they say it in different tenses. By his stripes we were healed, by his stripes we are healed. If we were, then we are. And if we are, then we were. I'm telling you, that's pretty solid when you have past, present, and future tense. So here's where we land. What do we do right now? What do we learn? What's our takeaway from the leper? He pressed through the crowd. She pressed through the crowd. She said, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. I've heard religious people say, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. They they all of a sudden turn it into iconography or something in the in the something magical about the 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 cloth it was virtue that went out of Jesus and uh that's available to us today the substance of power of Jesus his resurrection power that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us therefore he gives life to our mortal bodies we got to press into this what does pressing in mean it's the opposite of passivity my wife and I were talking about apathy and passivity. And we've got to overcome apathy. We've got to overcome passivity. And uh, he, what did he say to, to the woman? He said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. And what is faith? Faith is an action word. I love Mark chapter 2. And Jesus, seeing their faith, he saw their faith. I was speaking with T.L. Osborne about this. And he, he loved this chapter. And his wife, Daisy, loved the story of Zacchaeus. I'm glad I get to retell them. Those guys are on the other side, on the other side in heaven. And uh, I hope I'm doing a good job communicating this story to you today because this is where we are. This is what situation we're in. The leprosy of society, the, the harshness of the crowd, the social untouchableness of what people are feeling today. The daughter, grievously vexed by an unclean spirit, a guy with blindness, he still opens up blind eyes. Even though they faced opposition, they each obtained breakthrough. And here's how she did it, here's how we're gonna do it. She was saying, in verse 28, if I just get a hold of what Jesus has, I'm gonna never be the same. That's why the leper had to ask such an important question. He said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me, whole, make me clean. He knew he could. He, did, he needed to understand the doctrine and the theology. Has this passed away or is this for me today? And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, which to me, that's action, man. Those guys tearing the roof off the building, Jesus saw their faith. Uh, Jesus said to her daughter, your faith has made you whole. So many people got commended for taking action on what the word of God had to say. Here you are. You're still in the game. You're still persevering with God. Somebody in here, and increasingly we're going to see people who have never darkened the doors of church, and God's going to begin to add to the church daily those who are being saved. But additionally also, he's going to be strengthening the church, and he's going to add to the church daily those who are being saved. Our faith is being strengthened. Our faith is being strengthened in a harsh context. And I'm sharing these stories with you because these guys all had social distancing, isolation, harshness. In her case, she had suffered and had no more money and had been abused. And the leper pressed through the crowd, and I bet the crowd was freaking out that he was even there. And to see Jesus reach out and touch him. When Jesus went to Zacchaeus' house, the people said, look at him eat and drink with publicans and sinners. And in another place, the publicans and sinners got upset that Jesus was having a conversation with the Pharisees and the scribes. So it's amazing. Jesus didn't come to appease popular opinion and the full polarity of the spectrum of people's uh, viewpoints. He reached the high up and outers, Nicodemus, Joseph of Arimathea, the Asiarchs, and uh, Zacchaeus, along with the down and outers, the woman with the hemorrhage, the woman, Syrophoenician woman, the woman at the well, the leper, the guy that was out there with leprosy. He, he is the great equalizer, isn't he? He is the one who comes in on the scene and makes all things new. Each one obtained breakthrough. I want you to stand up on your feet and I want you to say out loud as I touch the hem of his garment. As I get in touch with Jesus my body is healed. My mind is renewed. My needs are met. My cup is filled. My destiny will be accomplished. My God meets my needs right where I'm at in this critical moment. And I know that he's present to help my case in my moment, in my time, in my circumstances. And with certainty, I lay hold of this by faith, knowing that he will meet my need right where I'm at, tonight, right now, by faith, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, Let's reach out and receive from him before we finish. Lord, we invite you into our prayer life and ask that you heal it and make it more fervent. We invite you into our personal devotional life and ask that you be central and that the anointing of the Holy Spirit will come in a special level. If your body needs healing, lay hands on it. Just just lay hands on your belly like this. God, I lose the healing power of God to flow through these hands, through the laying on of hands. God I thank you that you're laying supernatural uh, you're, you're mending that which was damaged. You're, you're recovering that which is breached, you're ministering to that that guy that has hernias and, and the bladder uh, damage to his bladder and you're bringing healing to that in the name of Jesus. I thank you God, you're healing liver. The, taking out nodules out of livers and bringing healing and coming out and I come against blockages and hardness on livers and heavy fatty deposits. I pray the healing power of God would surge through those particular organs. Activate kidney function, Lord. Activate kidney function in Jesus' name. And wherever there's a blockage, wherever there's a hindrance, wherever there's scar tissue or a blockage or impingement, anything impeding, I pray that there be a supernatural healing, boring through healing, working it out. God, my friend in California that just had the ablation and it worked out, I thank you. She's coming out 110% better than ever. In the name of Jesus, and I pray strength on us, on her husband and strength on her family and blessing on her loved ones and her friends in Jesus' name.